PubTripCapsCorner.com, your source for new sports. I am Brad Franklin, PubTripCapsCorner.com, coming to you live from the Palatial Franklin Estates in the West End of Richmond, where it is Tuesday, August the 22nd, as we record this show for you. It is that time of the year. Uh, football is close enough that we can actually do some type of predictions, some type of prognostications, and hopefully not make ourselves look like complete fools. We're going to go through Virginia's 2017 schedule, game by game. We're going to give you predictions on results and all that fun stuff. And at the end, we will um, laugh about how awful uh, our picks will be uh, in a few months. Uh, before we get started, let's go around and introduce everybody. First, out in Fishersville, David Spence is on the show. How you doing, buddy? Doing great, Brad. Thanks for asking. Who Day is on the board, at Who Day is on Twitter. And staff writer Justin Ferber up in Arlington is also on the show. How are you, my friend? I'm doing pretty good. Um, I guess it's pretty cool that you asked. I'm not going to thank you for it, though. Um, yeah. At Justin underscore Ferber on Twitter. And Cavs Corner also on Twitter. Cavs underscore Corner. Great place for our in-game updates, content items, and the occasional witty banter. So this schedule, as we've kind of talked about here and there, and I feel like everywhere, um, is not as challenging um, as some of those that Virginia's had in, in the recent past. But it certainly is not um, a cakewalk by any means. I mean, I don't think any of us are going to get in here and be like, eight wins, boom. Um, it is definitely front-loaded if you're a Virginia fan in terms of win or win possibilities. Uh, the, the last four games, I think, are going to be tough. Um, before we dive into it, I do want to touch base with you guys and get a general sense of what what your mindset was as you were picking these games or as you were starting to evaluate them. Dave, let's start with you. What's your general sort of feel on the season um, in, in terms of as you went through this thing game by game, what what did you did you get a sense of dread? Did you get excited? Did you try to talk yourself down? What was your general sense? I look forward to this time of year every year. I mean, year in, year out, and I'm so accurate. Uh, it's, it's a very, very important um, process for me to go through these games, come up with logical conclusions why we should lose, and then end up picking us to win. That's kind of what I do. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, going, <laughs> I mean, going into it, yeah, you're right. It's, um, I mean, I think our team, it, the first string is much, yeah, I think overall we're going to be a better first string team. It's just, it's hard to, you know, pro, you know, prognosticate five, six games into the season when your team could be completely different injury wise. And that's what makes that's it so point. fun. Yeah. Ferber, what about you? As you went through this thing, what were your general sorts of, uh, of thoughts as you started going through it. Yeah, I mean, really, I mean, when the schedule comes out in January or February or whenever it comes out, you already kind of start to look at how the schedule breaks out. And, I mean, obviously some of these games are set way in advance, so you kind of have an idea of how the beginning of the schedule might unfold. But just seeing how the ACC schedule is put together, because that kind of stuff is important. Um, you know, when the bye week is, uh, you know, who you play the week before a certain opponent or after, um you know, do you have road trips with multiple road games? Do you have home stands? That sort of thing. Um, so honestly, all off season, I've been thinking about the schedule. But as far as putting it all together for predictions, that gives you know that's when I take the time to look at the opponents themselves and kind of see how UVA might match up. Um, but I mean, my, my initial thoughts are it's similar to some of the previous schedules in the ACC portion where it seems like a backloaded November. It seems like UVA always gets one of those. Um, but unlike a lot of other years, UVA does have a chance to do some damage in September. 
Yeah, I think that's a good point because if you think about it, like they have to play Duke and Carolina earlier in the year because Duke and Carolina have to play each other later in the year, right? Um, and, and sort of the way it sort of stacks up, they're going to play Virginia Tech later in the year. So it, it does kind of seem like they, they seem to get an ACC schedule that's that's backloaded. Um, I, 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 I do want to chime in a little bit on my own thought process. Like it's really hard for me to get – I mean, I feel like I know a lot about Virginia's team. I, I feel like without knowing more about the offensive line, I don't know how much I can say I know. So in some way, this is more guesswork than I feel like maybe I I, I feel comfortable with, uh, mainly because I just don't know. I mean, ultimately, who, who they pick to be the starting five, um, and I would include Jack English in that, um, even though he won't be able to play in the season opener, um, who they pick to be the starting five is is in some ways important, but us, I mean, do we think that there's a dramatically better five versus? You know what I'm saying? Like there, that's not. I wonder how much that's going to change things, and that's something that, um, you know, I don't know if it's the, you know, the uh, the sunspots from yesterday that's messing messing with my brain, but um, it it certainly seems like to me that I would feel a lot better about picking these games if I had some sense of what the offensive line like might look like. For example, if you told me the offensive line to start was going to be English at left tackle, um, Montalus at left guard, Jake Feeler, um, Jack McDonald at right guard, and and Brandon Pertile at right tackle, that's a big, experienced group, right? If you're trying to tell me that they're going to have to lean on um, uh, Rankinsmeyer or Ryan Nelson or, you know, some of these other guys, young guys who have, you know, Osiris Crutchfield, for for goodness sakes, guys who are still relatively new. I I, I feel very differently about that. Um, although obviously TJ is 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 a big fan of a lot of the, the talent in that room. Um, all right, let's get going here. Uh, September the second, William and Mary, the tribe comes to Charlottesville. ACC Extra Network Extra, sorry, three thirty p.m. kickoff. Um, I'm gonna get this one going here. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care if Jack English isn't going to play. Virginia should drill. I mean, absolutely drill the tribe. And I realize that for a lot of people, this game, um, after what happened last year against Richmond, that's just a different situation. That Richmond team, when healthy, was an was a national championship contender at that level. This William Mary team is just not that. Um, I, I can't think of the stat off the top of my head, but basically they've got like a whole bunch of dudes at quarterback um, who have like basically never done anything. And I think their leading returning passer is their punter. I, I, I feel like I feel like that's actually a thing that, I, that is true. So to me, this one is an easy pick. And I, I think Virginia, in a lot of ways, um, the monkey is on their back um, to get this win. And I feel like a lot will be sort of settled in some ways in terms of confidence, in terms of nerves. Um, once they do, but I, I, I'm I'm going to pick Virginia to win this game pretty big. I, I've got them winning this one, 41 to 13, um, and most of that 13 is going to be scored later in the game when we're the only ones paying attention. Dave, let's go to you next. Um, what are, what's your what's your feeling on uh, on the William Mary game? Yeah, I mean, I think you covered most of what I would have covered. Um, you know, they're not they're not the University of Richmond, and this, the staff has the University of Richmond experience behind them. I, you know, I don't expect the team to come out like they were last year. Um, and I think we're an improved team playing. I don't know how much improved we are, but I, I think we're considerably better than William and Mary. Um, 
Yeah, I don't know how big we beat them. I've got us winning the game 42 to 20. Um, I think Virginia's going to put up some points. I was very tempted to go really high on the score like I did with the Richmond game last year. Um, but 42 is pretty good. They didn't get there very often last year. So 42 to 20, Virginia. And a nice 1 0 start, which is after last year would be very welcome for all of us. <laughs> Ferber, finish this up here on this one. I'm, I'm, my guess is, given uh, the way you've talked about William Mary of late, that you, 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 you're in agreement with David on this. Yeah, uh, I mean, you guys kind of hit on it. Not every FCS team is created equal, and the team that they're going to play next weekend is not the same caliber team that they lost to in Richmond, but all the same, obviously. Everybody kind of learned a lesson last year that you can't take any game lightly or for granted so I mean I think that the coaching staff and the players probably learned a lot from that experience and you would think would be able to apply that to this game um William and Mary kind of hasn't figured out their quarterback situation or at least we don't know what they figured out uh they do have one good wide receiver Devontae Dedman who is worth noting um he had a good game when they came to Charlottesville two years ago so that'll be a player to watch uh, but besides that, I mean, it's a pretty run-of-the-mill team. They're predicted to finish in the middle of their conference or even in the bottom half. So it's not quite the upper-level FCS program that UVA played last year. Having said all that, um, I'm going to go 31-13 UVA. I think that they win the game comfortably. Um, I don't think they'll necessarily score a ton of points, but I do think that they'll win the game easily and, and will kind of dominate the game. So all of us have Virginia winning the, the, the season opener. Uh, September the 9th, Indiana comes to town. 3.30 kickoff, also on ACC Network Extra. This one was a hard one for me um, as I started looking at it. Uh, Dave, let's start with you on this one. What's your what's your general sort of sense on, on the on the Hoosiers, and how do you see this one playing out? I mean, Indiana's, you know, they're not, not your dad's Indiana. I mean, they've had a couple good years, uh, two straight bowl games, which, you know, would be wonderful to have ourselves. Um, they, I mean, they have had some turmoil, you know, new head coach and, um, but you know, but for me, this is, it's hard to say game two is the most important game of the season. Um, but if you're looking at it, if you're looking at this season as a, you know, in the, in the scheme of making a bowl game, it's hard to see Virginia doing it without beating a team like Indiana at home. Um, don't think it's going to be easy. Um, the ESPN football power index gives us a 46% chance of winning this game at home. Um, and like I said, they are a good team. I do think they've got. I don't. I don't know that we can say they're the same team they were last year before the, before the coaching change. Um, but they've got talent running back, and they've got talent on their roster. Um, Virginia's not going to come out and turn the ball over and win this game at home. They're going to have to play a clean game. Um, I'm going to go out on a limb and say they do. <laughs> you know, coming off a win after a tough all season, a little bit of momentum, playing at home. If Virginia beats William Mary, should be a good crowd for this game. Um, should be good energy. I've got Virginia winning this in a tight one, thirty-four to thirty-one. All right, I'll go next. I, uh, I, I, I also agree that Virginia gets the the slight edge. Um, I think that forty-six percent number is pretty telling because I would imagine that it's something like you know a kind of a toss-up. I, I can't think of the and I apologize for for not having thought to, to to write this kid's name down but but they're going to be without at least one of their um better defensive players not that that changes things dramatically but i would think in a 
you know, in a situation like what Indiana's kind of in this year, they're probably going to need all the, the talent they can get. I, I do think Indiana's going to be a better team than many people uh, will expect them to be. Um, I would imagine that the, I could totally see them making some noise, um, you know, middle part of the season and, and kind of surprising some people. The fact that this is the second game of the season is, and it's on the road for them, is probably the 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 conventional wisdom sort of aspects that that pushed me to, to favor UVA in this. I look part of when you when you do something like this, you're picking it in terms of a narrative. So at this point, Virginia's one and zero. I'm assuming uh, that they've gone out and they've hammered William and Mary. They got some confidence. Um, you know, I, I I think talent for talent, Indiana probably is a little bit better um, across the board, just because I think they've done a good job in, in the last few classes. And clearly they've had some success on the field, which, like Dave said, two two straight bowl games would be, um, you know, would probably, ch- you know, change my uh, my wallet significantly at the site. Um, but I, I just feel like um, Virginia gets a wins a close one home, though I'm not going to go quite as many points uh, as, as Dave did. I, I've got it 27-23 UVA in a not squeaker, but a tight one. Uh, Ferber, finish this up here. Okay, so – I mean, my general thoughts aren't that different. Um, I think the the interesting thing about Indiana is that for a long time, under Kevin Wilson, the last you know half decade or so, they were known as an offensive you know firepower type team. I mean, they had guys like uh, Nate Sudfeld at quarterback and Jordan Howard at running back and Tevin Coleman before him and Kreiner at receiver and all these different guys. Um, and they were a team that scored a ton of points, but they couldn't stop anybody. And now they've kind of flipped that, and now they have a pretty good defense, and their offense is more of the question mark. Um, new coach, obviously, uh, took over an interim role at the end of last season after Kevin Wilson was fired or resigned or whatever you want to call that situation. Um, but he did, before he got fired, do a pretty good job of rebuilding that program and making them competitive. They didn't always get to six wins in the Big Ten, but they were they were much more competitive than they were in the years before that. Um, their offensive coordinator, Mike DeBoard, was at Tennessee and Michigan before that, so obviously he's been around for a long time. Um, I honestly thought about this game harder than a lot of games, and I think their whole—I don't want to say the whole season, but a lot of how the season unfolds might come down to how this game goes just because UVA has to find a way to win these toss-up games at home. Um Unfortunately, I have them losing this game 27-20. to 20. Uh, I think it's a toss-up type game, but Indiana has fewer question marks for me than UVA does right now. And um, I think there's a better chance that Indiana surprises some people with their win total this year than UVA does. That always makes me nervous when Ferber goes against us. Yeah, no, none of us mentioned you know Indiana played as Ohio State in a pretty big game with college game day the week before. So Right, yeah, yeah. we'll know a lot about that them. that does to them, so. Yeah, we'll know a lot about them coming into that game. So, all right, Ferber, well, you can you can keep going here. Um, UConn coming to to Charlottesville the next week, September sixteenth. ESPNU will televise a noon kickoff between the Cavaliers and the Huskies. Uh, at this point, you got Virginia one and one. How do you feel like they would uh, fare? How they will fare at least against the uh, against Connecticut? <laughs> it's more about you know how do they need to fare because <laughs> they need to win this game. Um, besides William and Mary, this is the easiest game on the schedule going into the season. Uh, Connecticut is, I mean, if you look at Bill Connolly's met or the S and P plus metric, which he uses, they're predicted one twenty fifth nationally. I don't know how many more teams there are than that. I think there's like one twenty six or something like that. So, 
I mean, they're they're going to be one of the worst teams in the country this year, probably. Uh, I, I don't think they'll be terribly different from what UVA saw up in East Hartford last year. Uh, you know, a team that is going to try to make the game, you know, get the game over with as soon as possible, keep it low scoring, keep the number of possessions down, try to play ball control football and, and grind you out to a low scoring win. Because they just honestly don't have the weapons right now to, to win a lot of shootouts. So I think that's the style they're going to play. Um, I think in front of their home crowd, UVA has an edge over Connecticut. I mean, they're certainly the more talented team. And honestly, I feel like they should have beaten them last year. Um, and I think they'll go ahead and get some revenge this time. I have UVA winning 24 to 16. All right, 24 16. I'll go next. I have them. Um, I have Virginia winning this one uh, as well. I, look, I, I, I was just not impressed at all with the talent that I saw um, from the Huskies last year, and I don't think they're going to be markedly better. I, I, Justin brings up a good point about comparatively where where they are, uh, and I agree. Virginia has to find a way to win this game. In my in my in my estimation. At this point, Virginia's on a 2-0 winning streak. Things are, are cooking pretty well. Um, and I feel like this is going to be a tighter game than maybe it should be because that tends to be the way things go for UVA. But I do think that they just they just have better talent. Um, 23-13 for me, Cavaliers get the W. Dave, break uh, – go, go – uh, <laughs> don't 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 pick UVA to lose this game because if, if so, I'm going to feel like a dummy. Yeah, I mean um – you know, at least in in our narrative, we've got Virginia two and there should be a crowd there for the noon game. Um, I mean, I think if there's one game Virginia's going to win on this schedule, just from talent, I'm not sure that it's not UConn over William and Mary, and that's I know that's really harsh to say, and probably end up on a bulletin board because we're so we're so popular. Um, but, <laughs> but I mean, UConn's not very good, and um, I mean Virginia did everything they could to lose that game last year, uh, and still almost won it. Um, or had a chance to win it. So, you know, at home, coming off, you know, a second win, I've got Virginia winning this one 24 to 14. So we're all thinking around the same score. Uh, I think it's going to be an ugly, you know, stay healthy, get get through the week game. Um, yeah. And yeah, that's, that's all I'll say about that. That's a must win. If there's a, if there's two must wins on the schedule, it's William Mary and UConn. Yeah, I would agree with that. So the next Friday night, Virginia goes out to Boise State. I, I don't know if we need to take a lot of time on this one because I, I just – it's really hard for me, and I'll go first, to, to fathom UVA, even in a situation like I've, I've got them you know, winning the first three. I just see zero scenario, right, wh- where they go out to Boise and win on a Friday night. Um, I, I think that that is just – that's just too much of an ask for a group that – Maybe at this point it's coming along, and my estimation is I kind of evaluate. I think their you know running game is coming along. Maybe not necessarily putting up as many points as they wanted to because you know they've only scored in the twenties the past couple of weeks. Um, but I just don't see a, a scenario of them going out to Boise State and beating that team. Um, I don't think that Boise State's gonna um, you know be as good maybe as we've seen them in the past. But I still think that's a very good team. You know, top twenty-five, top thirty team when it's all said and done. Um, and I just think they've got, you know, just the fact that it's a, you know, a night game at home for them and a chance on ESPN or ESPN two, I forget which one that's actually going to be on, but I just, I just don't think the, the short week and the long trip, uh, I just, I don't think that's good for UVA at all. So I've got Boise state, um, winning that one 31 to 14. Uh, let's see, uh, let's go Ferber next. Um, how do you feel about this one? Do we need to talk about it much? No, nah, I don't think so. Um, I mean, 
it would be pretty surprising for me to, for UVA to go out there and win that game. Maybe, um, and, and you need to remind me of this. If UVA does start three and zero like you guys predicted, don't let me pick them to beat Boise State, um, because we're all going to want to do it. Uh, especially if Boise State drops a game or something before that. Um, I just don't see how it's possible, really. I mean, they're a well-coached team. Uh, UVA fans probably tried to for- try to forget, you know, what happened when they played a couple years ago in Charlottesville, but it was really, really, really bad. And I think, I mean, Brad, I think you probably agree on this. this is, that was pretty much the end of the Mike London era. As, that was awful. As it was. <laughs> yeah, the first play of the game was a pick six. Um, and it was pouring down rain. It was just, it was just bad. It was just a bucket of yuck. Um, I don't think it'll be that bad this time, but Boise State has a chance to go, you know, 11-1. They're going to have a pretty good record this year. Um, and Albertson Stadium, I think it's called now, the Blue Turf, obviously it's going to be a tough place to play at night. Uh, like you said, long road trip. The only thing that I could kind of see UVA having in their favor going into this game is that Bronco is pretty familiar with Boise State. Um, obviously it was a different staff, but he played them. Actually, he did play them his last season at, at BYU, uh, right around the time that UVA did. Um, I think it was like week two that year, and BYU did beat them. But he's played Boise State a ton of times when they were both in the Mountain West. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I just don't see any reason to predict UVA to win that game. So I went Boise State 31, 38, UVA 21. Yeah, I mean, yeah, in a, in a nice little hold on, Dave. Yeah. In a nice little twist, Boise State plays Virginia at home on a on a Friday night, and then um, gets a week off, and then goes to BYU, which I think is kind of interesting. But yeah, they get Troy to open at home, then they go to Washington State the second week uh, before playing New Mexico at home uh, before Virginia gets there. Go ahead, close us out on this one, Dave. Yeah, I mean, I don't have a whole lot to add. I mean, Boise State got famous playing on Friday night on the Blue Turf. So. <laughs> You know, they win a lot of games there. It, it's a tough place to play. Virginia's played there one time, as far as, as far as I know, and we know how that bowl game went. Um, it, it's a tough team. I think in many ways they're probably going to be a better team than the Oregon team we went and played last year. Um, it just it's all perspective. I mean, I was I was doing a little bit of research on Boise this morning, um, and every article I pulled up was people complaining about you know, comparing their current coach to Chris Peterson saying he's not the same quality. I'm like, man, I wish I had that problem. Um, you know, cause they went what 10 and three last year. So I've got them handling Virginia. You know, it, it's a, it's a bad bit of scheduling. I think, you know, playing them on a Friday night, you know, it's a long, there's no quick way to get to Boise. You know, it, it's a long bus ride after a flight. So, uh, that, you know, three and O is nice momentum, but Boise is a really good team at home. I've got Virginia losing 45 to 27. Yeah, they're definitely better than the Oregon team UVA lost to last year because Oregon went like four and eight. <laughs> yeah. Well, but you know, I still think that team had more talent than it showed. I really believe that. I just think that that Helfrich didn't have any idea what he was doing. But that team was talented uh, in a way that I mean, they didn't they weren't as as consistently talented, and that's one of the reasons why you know they've had to do so much heavy lifting. Quick, and they had a but, terrible um, defense. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree though that 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 team is is not going to be uh, as good as, as this one. Um, Virginia gets a bye week. Um, gets to, I guess, if you're if you're me, they had their three game winning streak snapped. They're going into the bye week. They come back out, um, come back home for for a, a game against Duke uh, on October seventh. Now Duke coming into this one, and this is interesting. So they get Northwestern in the second game after opening up against North Carolina Central. Then they get Baylor at home, and then they got to go to Chapel Hill uh, before they get 
uh, Miami at home. So in a way, this is not a very Duke kind of schedule. Um, normally, Duke has a bunch of a bunch of nothing, and they come in looking pretty good. They're going to have to play three pretty good teams um, between Northwestern, Carolina, and, and Miami um, coming into uh, into this one against UVA and on the road too. Not to mention that then the next week Duke's going to go back home and, and host Florida state. Um, you know, which probably what they're, they're going to have to be a top five team in the country, even no matter what happens in the opener. Um, I'll start this one. I feel like, um, this is another one. Virginia's got to find a way to win. And, and Ferber did a whole really in-depth piece, uh, about, um, home field advantage. And, and one of the reasons why Virginia has been struggling is because they just haven't been winning at home. Um, they have been playing, you know, a harder out of conference schedule, but ultimately they just haven't been winning at home. And this is the kind of game they got to figure out a way to win. This is a team that Virginia beat last year. Um, I think this team is going to be similar in a lot of ways to that one. Um, I do expect Daniel Jones to be better, but I still think Virginia comes out and gets this win. Uh, I just think, uh, given, I think given what, what Duke wants to do offensively, I think Virginia's defense, especially because as much exotic kind of stuff as I feel like Virginia is going to be running coming out of a bye week. I, I like Virginia's chances here. Um, I've got the Cavaliers winning this one, uh, 33 to 23. Uh, Dave, let's go to you next. How do you feel about Virginia's chances against the blue devils? Not as good as you. But <laughs> I feel like they're, I mean, I, I don't feel like Duke's that much a better, you know, not much of a better team than Virginia, but, you know, because Cutcliffe has got a few years of winning, he gets a little benefit of the doubt with his his quarterback play. I mean, Jones showed some, you know, some some promise last year, but he also had some terrible games, and they, you know, they were four and eight and one and seven in the ACC and finished technically Todd, you know, behind Virginia. So, um, yeah, I think if there is a team in the ACC coastal that Virginia should beat, it's Duke. Uh, going back to the ESPN, FBI, they got this. Us at a forty-five point five percent chance of winning this game, which is just right below a tick below Indiana, um, which means they don't think Duke's is you know they think Duke's a little better than Indiana, which surprises me. Um, I still think Virginia finds a way to win this game. Uh, you know, uh, what do I have here? I'm trying to read my own handwriting. Pardon me. Thirty-five to thirty-two. Man, I've got Virginia scoring a lot of points this year. It's going to be a good offense. <laughs> All right, Ferber, how do you feel? Yeah, I mean, I think this one's very similar to the Indiana game. I think it's a toss-up. These are games, I mean, I I know I picked them to lose to Indiana, but these are games where if they were on the road, I think I would have a lot easier time just making a snap judgment and picking them to lose. (laughs) Um, But the fact that they're at home, I think, gives them an edge. Obviously, whatever Bronco did last year against Duke worked. Um, They forced a ton of turnovers. Daniel Jones looked terrible. Um, I mean, and that's kind of what, Honestly, I, that's the only game I think I watched of Dukes all the way through last year. And then all offseason, I'm hearing how good Daniel Jones is going to be. And I'm like, uh, did we did, did they switch with another Daniel Jones? Like, I, I, just confusing. Um, and I think, honestly, part of that is because of who his coach is. I think that they just people just assume because it's Cutcliffe that he's going to develop into a star. And I think he has the tools. Um, but I still think that it's kind of... I don't think it's a foregone conclusion that he's just going to be a great quarterback because they beat a bad Notre Dame team last year. Um, but anyway, I mean, I think this is a toss-up game, but it's a game that UVA is probably going to have to win. Um, if you look at the, how backloaded the end of the schedule is in November, they have to start racking up some wins in ACC play. And like Dave said, I think Duke is is at best, or I don't know, maybe it's fair to say on par with UVA in terms of talent. 
across the roster. Um, Duke is probably more comfortable in their schemes at this point in the you know eighth or however many years it is now under Cutcliffe. Um, but I, I think this is a game that UVA can win. Uh, they showed that last year, and I think that Duke will be a slightly better version of what they were last year. But UVA getting this game at home um, is the X factor for me. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and pick UVA to win 28 to 24. So 28-24. So Ferber at this point has UVA. Let's see, three and two. Dave has them at four one as as do I. Going into Chapel Hill the next weekend, which, quite frankly, I, I mean, the Boise game is a seems to be a foregone conclusion. I don't know who Carolina's starting quarterback is, and I don't know if it matters. And that, in and of itself, says a lot to me. Uh, Carolina going to open up against Cal, then they got to go. Uh, they get a, they get Louisville at home the next week, which is a game I think they'd lose. They play at Old Dominion the next week um, before getting uh, Duke at home the next week. And then they go to Atlanta, and then they get Notre Dame at home. So a much tougher schedule for the Tar Heels to start than um, than UVA, which clearly is is a is a break from the norm, at least for those of us who cover um, the Cavaliers. Uh, Ferber, let's start with you on this one. How, what's your general um, feel on Carolina? My guess is we don't have to talk about it long. The uh, the writing seems to sort of be on the wall. Yeah, I, I mean, as far as they match up with UVA, I still think that they're the more talented team. Um, they have a cohesive scheme that works. How many losses is it now for UVA to North Carolina row? Like six or seven? I, I want to say seven because I don't think Mike beat I think it's them. Seven. I'll look it up while you're talking. Yeah, because London didn't beat them, so it's at least seven. Um, but yeah, I mean. They have dominated UVA of late. And I think, honestly, the last two years, UVA has played them a little bit better. Um, that game in, in Chapel Hill two years ago, I, I don't remember exactly what happened, but it was a lower-scoring game than a lot of people thought, and, and UVA was kind of in it uh, for most of the game. And then this past year, it was a 7-7 game late in the second quarter before Carolina eventually took the lead for good. But um, this year, I mean, a lot of people obviously are expecting them to take a step back. Uh, with Trubisky and Switzer and, and Hood and some of these other guys gone. And that makes sense. And and obviously you're switching defensive coordinators. But I still think that they have a talented roster. Larry Fedora has my respect as a head coach, for sure, going back to when he beat UVA as the coach of Southern Miss. And if Brandon Harris ends up being the starting quarterback, he's a talented player. Um, even if he didn't really show a ton at, at LSU, I still think he can – he can do some things in this offense that can make them a decent team. I think that they might be a little bit worse this year than they have in the last two or three years, but I don't think that they're going to miss a bowl game or anything like that. Uh, I still think that they have an edge on UVA, and I'm going to go ahead and pick Carolina to win 31-23 in a game that might not even feel that close. 31-23 to um, um, put a pin on this. Um, Virginia's lost seven in a row to Carolina. I haven't won since the 16 to 3 victory in 2009. Interestingly enough though, before that 7 game losing streak, uh UVA had won uh 7 of the last 8 uh, against the Heels. Yeah, probably one of the reasons we, they really did. Yeah. Probably one of the reasons why um, um why they had a they had a different coach. Um also the only loss being that infamous 2005 7 to 5 game in Chapel Hill which I was actually in the stands for. Yeah, can you imagine Larry um, Fedora's reaction if they lost to Virginia 16 to 3? He would have taken a he would take a bath in Red Bulls. Yeah, he would. He, he it would be a a bad time in the old town tonight. 
Um, I have Virginia. I don't know against Virginia. Yeah, yeah, yeah those sorry. seven plus, plus two um, those plus the two at Southern Miss. I've got Virginia losing this one 33-24, and I think that is a fair sort of uh, – look, I think Carolina's recruited well. I think they've developed well. Um, they've obviously had some guys leave from the last year's team, and I don't think they're going to be as good this year as they were um, at times last year. But I, I just – I think they're the better team, and it's and it's in Chapel Hill. That's that's pretty much all I need to say. Dave, how, how are you feeling about this one? Not good, Brad. <laughs> Not good. I mean um, – Not great, Bob. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I just think, you know, I, I think we can play with them um, for a half, maybe, maybe three quarters. I just, I just think, you know, just the weapons they continue to throw at you. And, you know, we know depth is going to be an issue. Maybe by this point, we've developed a little more depth, but you can't bank on that. Um, you know, on the road, you know, I've got Virginia losing this one 32 to 21. Um, I think it'll be close for a little while, but I just think the speed and the depth they have, it doesn't matter what they're replacing. They've got a system that works. Um, I mean, it's just tough to see any way Virginia wins this game, which probably means we win this one and lose the one before it. But um, yeah, I've got Virginia losing their second game of the year against Carolina. And and just to, just to uh, real time follow up, uh, Fedora wasn't at Carolina in ten or eleven. That's right. We screwed that yeah, up. That's right. That was, Butch Davis was in ten, and and Withers was there in eleven. So, Fedora seven and zero against UVA, five and zero during his time in Chapel Hill. Um, okay, so after let's see, I've got Virginia at this point four and two going to, back home for BC on the twenty first of October. Um, I I have yet to see any tangible reason why I shouldn't pick Virginia's game. It's a home game against a team I just don't think is very good. Um, at this point in the season, I feel like Virginia is, is is lost the two games that it should lose, won the games that were you know kind of tight. Um, I just don't see anything from Boston College to make me think otherwise. Now maybe you know Adazio's got some dudes and he'll do some dude stuff or something, but I I have zero idea why people um, sometimes get seem to be giving him the benefit of the doubt. I understand that they have had some good moments, but I just don't think it's going to happen for them this year. I'll, I'll go first on this one. I think it's a low-scoring game. I, I think it'll be an interesting sort of uh, matchup between two, let's call them uh, peculiar head coaches. Um, but I, I just don't think uh, I, I just don't think the Eagles are, are leaving Charlottesville with a win. So I've got um, I've got Virginia winning at seventeen to ten um, in a game that that might not necessarily be that close, but I think Virginia gets it done. Um, Dave, let's go to you next. How do you feel about um, Boston College coming into uh, Scott Stadium on the 21st of October? I echo a lot of what you do, but my one, my, one, my, my biggest concern about this game is that Boston College is going to try to slow the game down, keep it low scoring. And I think their defense is good enough to do that. Um, and they've last year they could run the ball enough to, you know, to eat some clock. So in a game like that, it can come down to a turnover or two. So they certainly have a puncher's chance. Um, it's, you know, it, it is a game where one of the three games that ESPN favors us to win. I hate keep, I'm sorry to keep bringing that stat up. Someone's got to no, do it. No, it's a good metric. It's a good metric. It's one of the three games they favor us to win, 55.9%. Um, you know, it's it's hard to see. Like, it's not hard to see, but you know, the way I've got this season playing out, I've got Virginia with a little bit of confidence. You know, you learn how to win. At this point, they've won four times. Um, as much as we talked about, you know, the schedule being backloaded, this is a game up front. You've got to win if you want to get bowl eligible. 
Um, even taking that out of the equation, I think it's a team that they should be able to it's not going to run away from them. Um, if Virginia plays solid, runs the ball a little bit, and avoids turnovers at home, they should win this game. I do have it close, though, just like you. I've got 17 to 17 to 13, um, which is a dramatic redu- reduction in points scored for Virginia in my season at this point. But it's also it's probably the All point right. where if you've got stock in Virginia, you might want to sell it because it's five. I've got them rolling five <laughs> and two at this point. Yeah. How you feeling about this one, Ferber? Yeah, Jim Reed's glorious return to Charlottesville. Um, he's the defensive coordinator at Boston College. Um, but besides that, I mean, Boston College is kind of like a rich man's Connecticut. Um, like Dave said, I mean, they're going to try to play a low-scoring game, slow it down, they run the ball, a bunch of dudes, um, you know, the usual. Um, so... It, the one the one interesting wrinkle for this game to me is that UVA has when's the last time they played Boston College 2010 I mean it feels like it's been forever um, I think Mike London's first year they went up to Chestnut Hill and lost uh, but I mean since then Boston College for the most part has been pretty bad uh, they've had a few years where they've jumped up and gotten to a bowl game which is honestly more than Virginia can say um, but. I, like you guys said, I don't see any reason to pick against UVA in this game at this point. The one thing that would do them in is if they can't stop the run and let Boston College control the clock, and then in turn on their side, you know, on offense, they turn the ball over or quick three and outs, or they they just can't score in the red zone, can't put drives together, and then all of a sudden you look up in the fourth quarter and it's you know Boston College is up fourteen to seven or something. Um, I think it'll be a low-scoring game. Uh, I picked UVA to win twenty-three to seventeen, so I now have them at four and three on the season. I think and we should all record, point out um, that you know, Boston College did go to a bowl game last year. So. Yeah, no, no, but and I, but like that's not necessarily always no. you know with these. They were four and zero out of conference and two and six in conference. So yeah. For the record, Boston College has never lost to UVA uh, on on the gridiron. They are. Uh, Five and zero against UVA. Last having played them in 2010, won that game 17-13. Uh, also played them in 2009, won that game 14 to 10. And then I, I, it, I, I don't know why that just jumped out at me, but it jumped out at me. Um, so <laughs> look at us, all, all predicting UVA to get their first win over uh, the Eagles. Okay, so then after, um, after. Um, that one, that was game seven of the schedule. Uh, at this point, I've got Virginia one win away from bowl eligibility, as does Dave. Ferber has them two wins away. Um, I feel like this is the time where we should start wondering if we're um, if we're crazy because it's going to get ugly in a hurry. And I, I think when you pick it, when you pick this thing and you think, okay, they need one game out of the last five to go to a bowl, you you feel like you're, you're going to try to find a way for that to happen, and. I'm not going to be able to find that game, I don't think, unless some of you, either one of you guys talks me into it. Uh, the next week they go to Pittsburgh. Um, Pitt is going to start USC transfer Max Brown at quarterback. Um, there's a lot of missing pieces from this Pitt team, including some suspensions. Um, I'm not entirely sure when guys are supposed to return, um, what their situations are. Um, Pitt also took uh, – a kid from last chance you that just blows my mind. So there's a, there's a degradation of in my, like I can't, I can't make my brain think as well much of Pat Narduzzi now as I could have uh, before I watched that show. 
Um, and I realized that the idea that I watch a television show on Netflix and now think less of a college football coach it seems ridiculous, but I'm sorry. It's just you, you watch the show, you'll, you'll, you'll agree. Um, I still don't think Virginia can win this game. I, I just don't think they have um, – I, I just think offensively um, – I think Pitt showed last year the, the 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 sort of blueprint, and and a lot of teams sort of followed it. And I think that aggressive mentality, I just don't know if Virginia's ready for uh, yet to be able to to really make a you know make the make the big plays in a consistent enough basis to beat a team that that sort of knows who it is. And I think that's going to be um, that's going to be tough for them um, in this game. So I've got uh, Pitt winning this game, uh, twenty seven uh, to seventeen. Uh, I still think that. Virginia uh, plays pretty well in spots, but I just don't. I just don't see it happening. Uh, Ferber, let's go to you next. How do you feel about uh, about the game up in Heinz Field? Virginia at Pittsburgh has seemed to play. I don't. I don't want to say some of their worst games because they played some pretty bad games, but it always seems like they're really low scoring games, and UVA just hasn't. They're, they're not like blowouts. It's just UVA can't find a way to score points. I remember the one year that David Watford was the starter I think they lost like 14 to 3 or something like that um and then the last time they went up there it was another low scoring game so I don't know I mean Pitt is just one of those teams that you know in previous years that we might have picked UVA to win this type of game because quite frankly I mean Pitt Pitt's is one of those teams that's you know they're not going to go out and win ten games very often, and they're not going to be really bad either. But you feel like they're a beatable team because they don't necessarily rack up you know high end recruits. They're not a super flashy team, but they're a good team. And right now, I don't think I would say that UVA is a good enough team to go into Pittsburgh and win uh, against a team that you know this is one of the teams on the schedule that probably does have as much talent as UVA, if not more, and they definitely have more depth and are well coached. Uh, if you know. The big loss, I guess, from this offseason, they you know they lose their starting quarterback and running back uh, to the NFL. They also lose their offensive coordinator to LSU, uh, but that's because they were so good on offense last year that you know LSU wanted him. So, uh, you know, they went and beat Clemson last year. So I think that that shows you that you know Pat Narduzzi can get them up for some games, and I think they could end up being a dark horse in the Coastal uh, if Max Brown, the transfer quarterback from USC, can come in and. And do what Nate Peterman did when he came in from Tennessee. Um, I think that they could continue to be one of the better offensive teams in the conference. So, I'm going to go ahead and pick them to beat UVA 34 to 24. All right, 34-24. Dave, what yeah. say you? Yeah, I mean, you know, you mentioned it, Brad. He just said, "Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah." Um, it's not good, Brad. It's not good. Um, no, I mean, at this point, you know, you and I both have Virginia winning five games, as you mentioned. Um, and, and maybe it sounds crazy, but at, at this point, according to my FPI, um, you know, we really haven't picked a game as an upset. We picked, we were favored in three by that, and two of them were toss ups. But now you get to the part of the schedule where, you know, the the power index only gives us a thirty percent chance to beat Georgia Tech, and that's our best chance of the last five games. You know, two games under eight percent with Louisville and Miami, and Pitt. I bring that up because Pitt's at twenty three percent. You know, that, that's less likely than beating Virginia Tech at home. Um, but of any, there's two games on the schedule that really stick out to me. Two teams on the schedule spe- specifically, um, and Pitt's one of them. I don't know what to make of them. Um, you kind of laughed off the, you know, the last chance you thing. We we talked about it offline. Like I don't know what who Narduzzi is. Like he's not the dude I thought he was at Michigan State. Um, I mean, 
Pitt's defense has been pretty atrocious at times. Canada won a lot of games for them. Um, you know, losing him is going to hurt. They do have some talent back. So, but you know, the suspensions and you know the questionable <laughs> that kid on last year was terrible. The fact you want him around your program just just confuses me about what you're what you're going for there. So. I don't know what Pitt's going to be. I think James Conner was a huge part of that team, a huge heart, you know, the heart of that team, him not being there. Are they the same? Maybe they're the same this year, but um, I wouldn't I wouldn't be shocked if by the middle of the season we're looking back on Pittsburgh saying, why do we not see them dropping off? Um, that said, I'm not going to pick Virginia to win that game, <laughs> but um, I, I think there's one you can circle that when, the, when it comes time to do our you know, weekly game predictions that we're talking different, it might be this Pitt team. Um, I said I've got Virginia losing this one, twenty-eight to twenty-one. A lot of that has to do with Hans Field, just like Justin said. Like I don't know what it is about that place, but I feel like when I see Virginia on the field, I've got no confidence myself they're going to win. There's just something that doesn't feel right about Virginia playing a football game there. And it's always noon. Yeah, yeah. and you can imagine, you can also that one out. also one more thing on Pitt before we move on. Um, Quadri Henderson, he good. Oh yeah. Yeah, he good. Oh, yeah. yeah, he's he, just eight balls. Just kick it out of bounds. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so at this point, um, Virginia gets um, Georgia Tech at home, one of the last two home games of the season, November the 4th. Um, Georgia Tech going to be without it starting. Um, is Mills a B-back? He's a B-back, right? Um, um, he – it sounds like a third strike and you're out sort of situation, but the Georgia Tech folks don't seem to think that the running game is going to suffer too much without him. Um, Paul Johnson typically pretty good at, at figuring that out. Um, I, I think Virginia can score points against Georgia Tech. I just don't know if Virginia's defense is ready to be able to stop it. Um, I, I, I think there were some moments last year um, in Atlanta where I thought Virginia – was in a in a position to do that, and then they just couldn't consistently. And I just I think that's the problem. Even with a group that I think by this point in the season has a is not just a, you know with a lot of experience, but you're it's one of those times where you really would like to have a team that was comfortable in its base defense. And I just don't foresee Virginia doing much of its base defense this year. Um, so having to switch over your mindset and play this game is going to be tough. I've got Georgia Tech winning this one, twenty eight twenty three. Um, let's see, Ferber. Let's go to you next. How do you feel about the Jackets coming to Charlottesville on uh, on November the fourth? I mean, from what I remember of the game, I didn't really go back and look at it too close. But what I do remember from that game last year in Atlanta was that UVA's defense did actually play pretty well. Um, I know they were in the game deep into the third quarter. Uh, I, I remember they missed a field goal after a turnover that would have been big, and Georgia Tech ended up capitalizing on that and scoring pretty soon and. And honestly, they were right in that game. And then Matt Johns threw a pick six with, I think, like four or five minutes to go that um, ended up kind of sealing the deal for Georgia Tech. So even a good Georgia Tech team kind of was pushed a little bit by UVA's defense for big stretches of that game. I think that's possible again. I mean, Broncos defenses have matched up with Georgia Tech well in the past. When he was at BYU, he he blew them out twice. Um, so I think he has an ability to coach against this defense. Um the game's in Charlottesville. UVA has played Georgia Tech decently in Charlottesville recently. They beat them in 2011, obviously. Um, David Watford set all sorts of passing records against them in 2013, um, which is kind of crazy in itself. And then in 2015, UVA beat them at home. So 
I wouldn't totally rule out a win here. Um, I know it sounds kind of crazy, and I actually think Georgia Tech is going to win the Coastal. Um, but this is one of those games where I could see I could see UVA being in it late, and you know maybe it's just a play here or there that makes a difference. But my prediction, you know, from this far out, I, I, it's hard for me to predict UVA to beat them uh, straight up. But you know, it could be one of the situations. Georgia Tech yo-yos a lot. You know, they'll have a good year, then they'll have a bad year. They'll have a good year, then a bad year. So. Last year they were pretty good. Um, this year they're predicted to be good. Like I think they're going to be good, but maybe they take a step back. Um, but right now I'm going to go 31-21 Georgia Tech with the caveat that this would be my potential upset spot for UVA to pick up a win later in the season. Well, I have, a, I have appropriately given that an asterisk for you. Um, all right, Dave, close this out on Georgia Tech. Well, um, I was hoping I'd go second so I could tell you not so fast, my friend. Um, like – you know, this game, you know, last year, Virginia, I've got the numbers, Justin. I mean, you're right. It's uh, Virginia had 189 yards rushing and only allowed 199 and outpassed them by 98 yards. Um, but it was one for three field goal kicking and zero to three in the turnover margin, which is why Virginia lost that game. The pick six pretty much ended it. You know, Virginia makes a couple field goals earlier. They're not forcing the ball there, and they win that game on the road. So, um I've always seen you know, multiple times that the three, four matches up well against, you know, against a triple option offense. Um, if you can get good play at the nose tackle, um, that's the big question mark, but just, you know, looking back, I mentioned to you guys before we started this, like this game is kind of one that I had, I had a star next to, um, I kept flip flopping. Um, but looking back at the numbers, which is what I, I grabbed on the way up to sit down for the podcast tonight. Um, it's, it's everything I remembered. I mean, Virginia did well against them last year. They're going to be at home. Um, in my book, they're one win away from a, a bowl game. Um, and pop the champagne. I've got Virginia winning this game, 38-34. Somehow I've made Virginia bowl eligible. I don't know what I'm doing, but there you are, 6-3. and three. With three weeks to spare. Three I was going to say, spare. with three weeks to spare, with the first week of November. Let me tell you what, if Virginia becomes bowl eligible with three weeks to spare in November, Man, I'm I'm gonna be one happy dude. Um, man, I don't even know what a message board looks like in that under that scenario. <laughs> well, I guess that's about um, it for the Cast Corner podcast for this week, guys. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Um, okay, so next the, the the next game on the schedule is Louisville. I'm gonna spend literally three seconds on this. Uh, Lamar Jackson, thirty three twenty, cards. The end. Ferber, what's what say you? Uh, I say Lamar Jackson, forty two twenty four cards. All right, Dave, uh, what say you? I'm going to say Lamar Jackson, a few guys likely to end up on last chance you, uh, 42-24 cards. <laughs> but they could be on last chance you coming to coming Louisville or going from Louisville. <laughs> yes. Did you yeah. say 42-22? 42-24. okay. Hey, we had the um, same prediction. Look at I'll that. Y'all, y'all just, I just went fast. Date. All right. Um, <laughs> all right, so last two weeks of the season, Virginia goes to Miami November the 18th. On my dad's birthday, um, because he doesn't listen to the podcast, so it doesn't matter. Um, so I have Virginia losing this one 30-24. I'll go first again. I Look, I I know that they, they have a new quarterback. Um, I just think Mark Rick is going to get that thing straight. And I think they, they did a really nice job recruiting. Um, I, I just think on a talent basis, even though they weren't winning, they were um, – I mean, I just think that they were always much better than they – um, than they showed, and I feel like that's gonna um, that's gonna be a thing. So I've got I got Virginia losing this one, uh, um, thirty to twenty four. 
down in fake Miami. Um, what's uh, what about you, Dave? Let's go to you next. How do you feel about uh, the Hurricanes? Yeah, I mean, I don't want to give too much credit to Mark Rick, um, <laughs> but you know, Miami's always had talent. It's just you know the previous coaches. Um, it seemed like as soon as they had a little adversity, they just folded like a tent. You know, um, folded up the tent, went home, put up no fight. Um, last year, they started to show the ability to to you know to suffer through some adversity. Um, couple that with you know their talent is probably getting better than it even was. You know, it wasn't bad before; it's getting better. That's a you know, I think they're a really tough team. I, I do think Virginia could, you know, be a little competitive, but I just think it's too many horses there. I've got Miami winning this game 36 to 24. 36 24. Okay. Uh, all right. Ferber, what say you? Yeah, I mean, I'm kind of in the same boat as Dave. Um, you know, there's this narrative that UVA kind of owns Miami, and I don't really think that's been the case if you actually look at the games. Um, UVA hasn't beaten them since 2014. So. I mean, if they lose this one, it's three losses in a row. So it's kind of hard to say UVA owns Miami at this point. And honestly, I think if you go back even to the beginning of the London era, I think they're just about even. I don't think UVA really holds like a big edge or anything like that. So um, UVA hasn't done nearly as well in Miami. I think they only won once down there uh, since since the Orange Bowl closed. So, um, you know, Miami... They lost Brad Kaya. They lost David Njoku. Um, a lot of people have high hopes for Mark Walton. They're starting running back this season. Uh, he looked really good in the game up here in Charlottesville last year. I was really impressed with him. And then uh, Malik Rozier, you know, he's a guy. They're starting quarterback, or he was named their starting quarterback today. Um, he He's played a little bit when Kaya got hurt. I believe he was the quarterback in that crazy win they had over Duke a couple years ago with all the laterals. Um but, I mean, I think they're going to be a really solid team. I'm not totally buying into the Miami's going to win the Coastal finally hype, which we hear over and over again. But I do think they'll be a solid team. They'll probably be like an eight-win team. Um, and I don't see UVA beating any eight-win teams on the road. So I'm going to go Miami 38, Virginia 21 in Miami Gardens, uh, Brad. I know. That's why I call it, that's why I call it fake yeah, exactly. because it's not really Miami. but it's kind It of doesn't Miami. look like Miami it's if you've like ever f- been there. <laughs> no, it uh, it's not like fake Clemson when Clemson was really what was it was it Greenville? Yeah, when yeah. They, where they played when they were anyway. Well, okay. the good thing is now they've so, renovated they've renovated the the Dolphin Stadium or whatever it's called now, right. so it should be pretty nice. Insert name of dying business. Hard Rock. Here. That's what it is. Field. Hard Rock Stadium. Is that what it is? Yeah, that'll it'll be it'll be sold within three years. You heard it here first. Okay. We talk about narratives when we do this thing, right? So at this point in the season, I've got Virginia sitting at five and uh, and six. Um, let me make sure. One, two, three, four, five. Yep, five and six. One, two, okay. And they will have lost four games in a row, five of their last six. Um, and they close out the season against Virginia Tech at home. Now listen, I can feel, those of you listening to this, I can feel you, I can, it's like, you're, you're shooting daggers at me because you think I'm not going to pick Virginia here, right? And I get it. I get it, all right? How many years has it been? How many years has it been, okay, since Virginia beat Virginia Tech in football, right? And I understand that, like, look, Tech is, uh, you know, they're breaking a new quarterback this season, um, got some questions here and there. Um, you know, I, I don't know, honestly, 
uh, w- <laughs> what it's going to take Virginia to break this streak. The last time they won a game against the Hokies was 2003, um, and they put 35 points on the board at home. I don't think they're going to put 35 points on the board, and unfortunately, I don't think they're going to win this game. And I almost I almost stopped myself from saying that because, in a way, it's not that I don't think they're going to win this game. I think picking them to win this game is not – is it foolish? Is it – I don't know. The bottom line is this. Do I think Virginia can win? Absolutely. Um, especially with it being home ga- a home game. You got a, a big senior day sort of situation. I'm also a little worried already that the stadium is going to be 70% Hokies. Um, and, and I don't want to get Dave started on a rant or Justin either start on a rant about this, but the, the way that they did the tickets and when they were on sale and everything um, does not bode well for a home, quote-unquote, home field advantage. Um, but I, 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 I just don't I just don't know. I just, I just don't know how somebody can pick Virginia to, to win this game considering all the sort, sort of factors at play. I just really I, – I just – even though I still think Virginia has a chance to win it, and if they won, I wouldn't be shocked – um, frankly, if they won, it would be um, a gift from the gods because as somebody who runs a message board, that is the worst weekend of my life every year. Um, it would be really nice, but at the same time, I just don't think I can pick it to happen. So I do have Virginia Tech in my preseason podcast um, thing, whatever you want to call it. Lo- uh, what, uh, Virginia Tech winning this one, um, 31 to 27. Um and that would put Virginia at five and seven on the year, which is an improvement over last season, um, but certainly not what folks would want um, after winning uh, five of the first um, um, seven games of the season. Um, Dave, let's go to you next. You you used to have a whole thing about how you could never pick Virginia Tech to beat UVA, and then you somehow managed to. I think you switched it up last year, and you were like, "Nope, going to pick you know the other way," and it didn't. It didn't seem to matter at all. No, how I do you feel like up. Virginia closes? I, I talked to. I was, was going to switch it up, and then I changed my last second. <laughs> okay, how do you, how do you feel about this one? Um, I mean, I've got Virginia a little bit different. You know, speaking of narrative, I've got them six and five here. If I if they're five and six, I don't like their chances. I mean, we've seen that film before. Um, yeah, that's a that's a lot of pressure when you when you haven't beaten your rival since your, you know, um, shoot since I, I'm trying to think. So let's see, we're two, the class of 2018 is graduating now. So these, um, I mean, the kids graduating high school were three years old. You know, hadn't started kindergarten yet when Virginia last beat Tech. I mean, I mean, this was like three presidents ago, bro. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's been a long time. So. Um, I don't know if they're five and six. I have a hard time seeing them win this game. But in my in my world, they're six and five. Um, I, I don't know. Tech's defense is going to be really good this year. Uh, it's a game at home. I, I don't think it's going to be seventy five percent Virginia Tech. Uh, it never has been. Um, but even fifty fifty when it's your home field feels pretty bad. When they beat your butt and they don't leave, you know, it's yeah, it's when when you win, there's never enough guys there to turn around and. and smile at but when you lose it feels like they're everywhere um all that said i don't expect Texas offense to be as good as they were last year i think they lost a lot of pieces i'm still not sold on fuente i keep talking about it he'll probably be 12 and 0 against us and i'll still be telling you that um i have a hard time seeing this beat beat him but i'm going to pick us to win that game 21 to 20 and keep my ridiculous six-year streak going (laughs) and that's that Look, when we start talking about the tech games, any of you listen to the podcast, just throw me out because it's nothing rational. 
<laughs> it's superstition. So you finish up the season picking UVA to go seven and five. Yep. If I picked you to lose that Georgia Tech game, I'd have had them losing this game too, but I couldn't do it. That's interesting little logic you just pulled out there. I, I All right, five and, six. Yeah, five and six is a different ball game. No, I, I I got you. I don't I don't know if that you know I don't know if, if that granularity exists, but okay. Um, Berber, finish this up. How do you how, how bad do you feel like Tech's going to win this game? <laughs> um, well, I mean, <laughs> before I get to that, uh, I mean, I, <laughs> before I well, get I mean, to just that. you know, not even looking at this game from a UVA Tech rivalry perspective. Um, I mean, if you just look at it, you know, as another game um, and look at the teams and how they're put together and the coaching staffs and so on and so forth. Um, I don't really, this is another game where I, I don't understand, like, why I would pick UVA to win this game. Um, I mean, I just don't have a lot of empirical evidence to back that up. Uh, but crazier things have happened, obviously. Um I mean, realistically, though, hold on a second. The realistically isn't the only only reason, and Dave didn't do it, which I don't understand why. But isn't the only reason to pick them is to say like they've lost so many in a row that eventually they're going to win, right? Like that's the only like that would if you were going to pick it and you said you know what they've lost every one of these since two thousand and three. Eventually, it's going to happen, so it's going to happen this year. Like the law of averages or whatever, you know what I'm saying? Like eventually, it's going to happen, dude. That's why I pick um, them every year. <laughs> well, but you never, but you don't use that as your logic anyway. Sorry, Ferber, go ahead. Yeah, I'm sure. Sorry. I mean. If you're gonna, it, it's funny because the way the college football works, you know, and I don't know if Dave put this into his prediction or if you put it in yours, but the way you look at it is, if you believe in that logic, right, that they're due or whatever, um, I mean, they have a much better chance to win this year than they probably do next year in Blacksburg. So if you're going to pick them to win one of them, you're probably going to pick them to win this one. And in Dave's case, you're going to pick them to win in Blacksburg next year too. Um, but I mean. Dave kind of hit on it. The offense is a huge question mark, and I'm actually very interested in how this team does this year. If they do well, then I think that I think that the question about whether Fuente is a good coach will be a lot more clear. Um, if they take a step back, maybe not. Um, he was kind of gifted a pretty good situation to come into last year, and a lot of people still thought they'd be about a 500 team or a little better last year, and they obviously exceeded that by a wide margin, but um, I mean, you can't, you came in, you got Evans who ended up being obviously a very good quarterback, um, in that system. And then you had two really good wide receivers and a, one of the best tight ends probably in the history of that program, uh, as a pass catcher anyway. And then you still had the defense continue, you know, continuity from, from the previous staff and a good talented defense as well. So kind of makes sense why they were so good. Um, now he's going to have to do it with a new quarterback, a guy that's a redshirt freshman. Um, obviously, we don't know a lot about him. We're going to find out really soon when they open up the season at uh, FedEx Field against West Virginia next weekend. Um, the running back situation, I think that they have some decent guys there, and we'll see what happens, but some unproven guys as well. And then at wide receiver, you lose a lot, but you bring back Cam Phillips, and then obviously they lost one of the guys that they were hoping would break out this year. Um, and Caleb Farley in the preseason. So the offense is going to be a huge question mark to me, and if they are going to take a step back, I'm assuming it'll be because their offense does. Uh, the defense, I think, will be nasty again. I think that they have a lot of guys back that have established good players. Um, their linebackers are, are good, and they have some obviously flash players in the secondary. And their defensive line, all those guys were highly recruited guys and, and have a lot of talent. So I think that they're going to be pretty good up front. So 
Um, I think it's going to be a game where UVA struggles to score like so many of these other games against Virginia Tech have been of late. And honestly, I think it could be pretty close at the beginning, and I think Tech will pull away in the second half for their 14th in a row or whatever it is now. Um, and I have Tech winning 28-14. 28-14. So, in Ferber's picks, one, two, three, four wins and eight losses. Um, man, you and Dave really need to get on the same page um, or at least have a baby in between or something because the <laughs> – Four and eight, seven and five. That's that's quite a that's quite a change, guys. That's 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 something. Um, I felt pretty good about my five and seven. I, I think that in, sort of encapsulates exactly what I expect out of the season. Uh, improvement over last year. Um, still not enough to be super excited about. And given what you're going to lose from this team to next year's squad, feels a little bit. Um, um, what's the word? Uh, trepidatious. Um, precarious is even better. Like, because they're going to lose Blanding, they're going to lose Kaiser, they're going to lose Andrew Brown, they're going to lose Kurt Benkirk. Like, there's a lot that they're going to have to replace. Um, much more than they're going to have to replace off that two-win team from last season. Um, I, I do think they're in a better spot to surprise people this year than they were last year. Uh, I just don't I, I just don't know where uh, Dave's optimism comes from, um, though I'm not as pessimistic as Ferber is. Uh, some closing thoughts on, uh, on another... Um, prediction podcast in the preseason Dave let's start with you any any closing thoughts on on uh, on this whole deal prediction sure to go wrong that's what, what I do best um no I mean I think you're right I, mean, I think five wins is about where I had him the first few times I ran through the schedule just something about that Georgia Tech game um there's been one team that beating you know the seasons we've had success with I don't know it always seems like beating Georgia Tech's a part of it um and you know I, I thought Virginia played them pretty well last year so you know the Virginia Tech thing. That's just gonna look. You can always throw that one out for me until we actually start beating them. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's a season where you know Virginia's got. I think Virginia's got to win. You know, five or six just to keep the fan base alive because it's hard to anticipate Virginia being better in 2018 than they're going to be this year. Um, just unless unless this staff turns out to be like the best talent evaluators of all time, um, and that's. Yeah, that's a little bit to ask, but I mean, we we didn't mention it, but there's a very real possibility that Virginia could finish five and seven, as you have them, Brad, and still end up in a bowl game. So, you know, that's true. Lots of possibilities. All right, Ferber, you get the last word. Yeah. So, I mean, the one thing I kind of wanted to hit on was um, just because I picked them to go four and eight doesn't necessarily mean I think they're going to be like you know as bad as they were last year at times. Um, honestly, and, and, and people might laugh at this, but. If you watch the games last year, they went two and ten, um, and there were some games where they were clearly out of their depth. Um, the Virginia Tech game, the Oregon game, <laughs> the Richmond game. If you really want to go there, um, but honestly, there were a lot of games where they were in the game, and and they didn't win those. And Bronco has mentioned that even losing close, the gap is still pretty big to get teams to win close. But you know, you look at that UConn game. That's one that was a 50-50 game, and they lost. Uh, Wake Forest on the road, they led in the fourth quarter, and things kind of fell apart. Um, Louisville, obviously, they led with, what, 12 seconds to go, and that fell apart. Um, And Louisville, obviously, was a very good team with a Heisman Trophy winning quarterback, not some run-of-the-mill team either. Um, Pitt, you know, they were in that game up until halftime, and and then it just fell apart. Um, I think that they're going to be a more consistent team this year, even if it doesn't show up in a huge gain in wins and losses. I mean, if you look at my predictions, 
for points. I have them very consistent with how I think that they're going to end up. Um, 34, 20, 24, 21, 28, 23, 23, 24, 21, 24, 21, 14. Um, so I think that, I mean, and in college football, you probably need to be a little bit better than that to be a good team. I think you probably need to be in the 25, 26, 27 range. Um, I'm not sure exactly what Bronco has on that. Uh, shield or whatever that that tells him how many points they have to score like they had last year um but i think it needs to be a little bit better than what i predicted and honestly i'm picking them to go four and eight with a with some losses you know by a considerable amount but i I said it during the during the previews or the picks but that indiana game man that is a huge game i mean if you go back and look at your predictions if you had picked them to lose like i did i mean your your season prediction is going to be different um, but if I pick them to win, then they're five and seven, and then I'm just one upset, one away from from a bowl game. I mean, with my pick. So just because I had the lowest win total doesn't necessarily mean I think they're going to be that much different than the teams that Dave and Brad see in their heads. Um, I just think that I need to see them close out games a little bit better than they did last year. And I think that's very fair, honestly. I think that that is that makes a lot of sense to me, and and frankly. Had I been in a in a situation where I could go have some of that to go on, I might have I might have you know look I've got you know the pit game is is within a score and a half. Um, Georgia Tech a score, um, even Louisville's only two scores. Miami within a score and, and Virginia Tech in a score. It's just like picking a team that went two and ten to come through in these kind of clutch situations against better teams is, is just a is a really tough thing to do. And and I think as 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 we as we wrap this up, I feel like the one takeaway that I have from from digging into this and kind of thinking about last year's it's turnover margin and honestly yards per 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 carry. If Virginia can get over, you know, that four and a half yards per carry kind of mark for the as a team, that's a that's a nice bump for them. If they can, you know, cut down on the turnovers, um, they would have been markedly better last year if some of those some of those interceptions had just been sacks. Um and I think that's that's gonna be the difference for this team. They've got to figure out a way to not get in in their own way, um, and I think that is a harder thing to do than we think. But I also feel like uh, certainly something that that they are in a uh, in a good position to at least try to answer in terms of making that um, making some improvements there. Want to thank everybody out there for continuing to support the show. We're up to two hundred seventeen episodes, which kind of blows my mind um, every time we get to one of these and I and I, we go up a notch. Um, so really appreciate everybody out there for continuing to support the show. Appreciate uh, Dave and Justin for for giving of their time. Uh, each and every week uh, season is, is a little bit of a grind. We'll, we'll, we'll crank one out uh, every week for the foreseeable future. So really appreciate uh, them uh, giving of their time as well. Um, I think that's a good place to put a pin in it uh, for David Spence and Justin Ferber. I'm Brad Franklin, publisher of CapsCorner.com. Thanks for coming out. We'll see you soon.